You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona, and with me always, I'm a good friend. Mike. Jay, Jay, you're not there. He's not here. It's just AK Mike. Yes, Jay is on the road. He took a road trip. Uh, But uh, the good news is we have some special guests on tonight. But before we get to them, uh, just a little word from our sponsors. Uh, If you're looking for batteries, check out A-Power Batteries. They are the uh, best in the market. That's what we use here at the Park Fire Podcast. And also 3D Aero Ventures. If you're looking for a 3D printable aircraft, Check out 3D Aero Ventures. I thought for sure that the guest was going to chime in with the 3D Aero Ventures song that we put together. 3D in. Aero oh, Ventures. All right. <laughs> Woo! I want to improve your ratings. There you go. That would be That would be Tim Walker and Tim Walker and Doug Leroy are joining us. Uh, it, I I think Jay's going to get a big head because it took two guys to replace him. <laughs> but Tim, Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be Thanks here. For, Thanks for having me. Well, we uh, we appreciate it as well. Um, actually, what happened was is uh, we have a mutual friend. His name's Howard, and uh, he's known Jay since he was a toddler, and they grew up together. And and uh, actually, Howard and I lived in Atlanta for a long time, so we know each other as well. And uh, his his uh, son, I think, or daughter is um, is graduating from college, so or high school or something like that. But anyway, Jay was invited and. Um, we looked at some flights and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to drive that way. I can go see Mike and I can go see Howard and I can go see Tom or other friend. And then he's going to make a big round around. So I think he, uh, he jumped on a road trip and, um, actually stopped by your place. Yeah, he I did. Think, he did. We had, we had a good time. Uh, unfortunately he stopped later in the evening. So, uh, we didn't really get, you know, too much time to do anything. Uh, and well, weather wasn't great anyway, so, so I don't think we would have been able to fly or whatever. So we ended up staying inside, and uh, we spent time uh, doing pod, uh, I mean, uh, 3D printing stuff, of course. That's something that we like to do. Of course. Um, and so uh, I was, I need a, a battery mount for my uh, for my helmet, and so we were working on that, trying to figure out, you know, how do you make an arc that fits this battery because it's a funky shape. And so, uh, so I scienced it. <laughs> You know, I, I uh, drew yeah. that arc on a piece of paper, did all the math, came, out, came right out. It was good. Wow. Oh, well, you know, it's all on the internet. Math, what do I need to know about I cheated. it? I just took a ruler and I'm I just, I just look on the internet. It's like, what? how do you find the diameter of an arc? Oh, you just got to draw a line here and do this? Like, okay, I got it. Yeah. So actually, I uh, I have a, a big long ruler, and what I did to, to find the same arc is I took the ruler and I went like this. <laughs> then I did the arc. So yeah, but that's for drawing. I mean, I have to reproduce it in in uh, design so that the machine can print it. Yeah, I just hold it right up to my I'm... monitor and just draw the line. So there you go. Oh, oh, good idea. All right. <laughs> if you can hold it that long, I guess I'm not as dexterous. That's, that's good. Just, just print it rectangle and sand it. You yeah, that's right. Okay, that's, a idea. Idea. that's a great yeah, idea. That's a great I'll have, idea. I'll send it to you to sand. <laughs> <laughs> I got a belt sander. It'll take really short. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it will smell really good too. Yeah, oh. that is true. 
Well, we uh, are excited to have Tim Walker and Doug Leroy on. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, had both of those guys on the uh, on the podcast, and to have them together is uh, even more fabulous. So, uh, Tim, what have you been doing since we've last spoke? Uh, let's see, hiding in my house and uh, doing a little bit of flying. Yeah. I uh, just went to Ceph a couple weeks ago. Oh, so that was right. That was a lot of fun. Hadn't seen the guys there for a couple of years because they right. canceled Ceph 2020. And so uh, I got to hang out with the Hodge Hounds. That was, uh, that was a great time. Uh, I bet. Fantastic. So looking forward to Hafey actually in the fall and getting to hang out with some friends again. Oh, good. Well, was there anything at Ceph that was, uh, you know, out of the ordinary or, <laughs> I mean, you know, they than, uh, I figured there'd be like new products or, you know, something like, you know, the in the heyday of Ceph, there was a lot of vendors there this year, mm-hmm. not so many, um, which was kind of a bummer. But uh, actually, the, uh, they got uh, the okay to fly a turbine jet, uh-huh. uh, F-16, and he was doing a high alpha, you know, thing, and the engine flamed out and oh. just watched it pancake. Was I it the BVM, oh, the 1-6 uh, scale? Or one fifth scale. You know, I'm not sure what it was. I was kind of away from the from the flight line. I heard mm-hmm. the engine quit, and I snapped my head around, and I thought, "Oh, this is going to be bad." And mm-hmm. fortunately, it went into the high grass. I think it'll fly again. But uh, there was some smoke uh, coming up. They ran over <laughs> with the fire extinguisher. And <laughs> oh, that's always heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. I one year at Nall, we were. I think we, I think there was eight jets that went in that year. Wow, eight jets. Uh, yeah, we figured somewhere around what was it, a quarter of a million dollars in hardware yeah. uh, that that got destroyed because I mean they went into the into the woods at Nall. If you've been to Nall, there there's a seven thousand foot grass runway, uh, full scale runway there that they right. fly all along. But on the opposite side is uh, is a wooded area and. Uh, they all pretty much went in there. So. Wow. I think I saw a video of that one time. Uh, the guy was flying, and uh, he came really low pass and turned out. And you just see him go like, ching, 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 through the trees. Yeah. <laughs> and then you yeah. see him pop above the trees, and then you just see the airplane go back into the trees, and then it comes out of the trees in pieces. Oh, no. Oh. Or, yeah, he hit. He, he probably hit about six or seven trees. Are you talking trees. about Don't the end of the runway in yeah. Phoenix there, that one we saw? No, that that was Barry, and that was. Funny. I thought you were keeping his yeah, name out of here. You know, you'd want. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, uh, Jace Decia was there. Uh, I'm trying to remember. He flies for, I think it's Extreme Flight, uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, and he. I've actually met him. He's from the West Michigan area. Mm-hmm. And he came out and flew with, uh, with me and a friend of mine that, uh, used to get together and fly at a local park. They, they came out one time. I'm sure he doesn't remember me cause he was, I don't know, 10 or 12 at yeah. the time, maybe young, young kid, but, uh, he, man, he is an incredible pilot. Yeah. Just lots of fun to watch. Um, and then, uh, Saturday night was probably the most exquisite flying day I've ever had. Uh, almost zero wind. Wow. There's no clouds in the sky. 
the 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 event was actually over at that point because they they closed the event down like one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. But a lot of people still hang out and then they leave out Sunday morning. So we there was a bunch of people flying and we just had an absolute blast. Uh, you know, I don't. It's funny. I talk about going to flying events, but I don't go to flying events to fly all that much. I go to you know, socialize and see people I haven't seen yeah, sure. and meet, meet new friends and that kind of stuff. And, and that's what I did this year. It was a lot of fun. Uh, enjoyed it thoroughly and, uh, looking forward to doing it again. Good. I am building an airplane right now. Um, for those who aren't AMA members, you should be, if you're going to join a club, but, uh, on the February cover of uh, model aviation is a, an airplane called the yin yang. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a goofy looking airplane, and I have a tendency to like odd airplanes. I love uh, canard wing airplanes and that kind of stuff. Uh, but this one is a pusher puller, only it's got a main fuselage and a pod fuselage, and one of them's a tractor and one of them's a pusher. And right. yeah, so uh, I've got the wing built and I've got uh, the main fuselage cut out. I haven't. Uh, glued it together yet but uh are you doing that out of foam or yeah i'm building it out of dollar tree foam board excellent um, i'm i'm Good finding stuff. this is the first time i've built with dollar tree i've built with uh, a lot of blue core mm-hmm. and i'm not really crazy about this dollar tree stuff i'm wondering whether the flight test guys foam board might be better uh, I will tell you that that's probably true. Um, but what I will tell you that I found with the Dollar Tree foam is that I had to take the paper off. Yeah. The too paper, heavy. Um, you know, I built a couple at the very beginning, uh, when I was dealing the, you know, before I got the blue core stuff and those things were just so lethargic. They would not fly worth anything. And it wasn't until I dumped one in my pool. And all the paper went. <laughs> and then I pick it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, where did all the paper go? And then all of a sudden it was like uber light and that thing flew like, yeah. like a, you know, homesick angel. I was just like, wow. Right. So and I may actually, I've got blue core here at the house and I may hmm. convert this one over, but I, I was going just according to the plans sure. just to see how it built. Um, the, the plans, if you haven't built foam before, Leave a little to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just say do. that. Um, but all in all, it's it's not a it's not a super hard build because there's a lot of straight lines on it. There's not a bunch of curves and all that. Right. Uh, forming the wing was not terrible. Uh, but there's there's a fair number of details left out. And it would be nice if someone maybe did a video on it or something for yeah. those that are a little less experienced. If I, had I had I known it going into it, I might've set up a video camera and actually started, started doing it. I didn't realize how, how lacking the, the instructions were until sure. I got halfway through the, the wing build. And I thought, Oh, so, but if I do it in blue core, maybe I will throw a yeah. video out there just for anybody else that wants to build this goofy looking airplane. Well, um, I will tell you that the foam board stuff, uh, if you remove the paper, you can always put, um, you can do two things. Number one, you can put tissue paper and then Minwax over the top of it, and that will give mm. you a little bit of strength left, but it won't be as heavy. Yeah. Uh, or you can actually put that um, real, the real thin painters, um, you know, the, 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 the brown paper. 
They make oh, it. Okay. Uh, you can buy it at Home Depot in a roll of like twelve inches, and it's just uber like uber thin. Like if you blow on it, it just it tears. You can put it on there and minwax it as well. And okay. if you put minwax on it, uh, then you can actually sand it and paint it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's stealing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm talking years of experience way back when, when we were doing all this for, you know, before the turn yeah. world, you know, grabbed it. Mike, when's the last time you actually touched a foam plane? Who, me? <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't too long you, ago. I was at you, the park. You fly me. your, I know you fly your, your foam plane, but I mean, like, you've, when's the last time you built a design? Has it been a while? It's been a while. I haven't crashed anything yeah. to have to build stuff, so. Yeah, that's your problem is you're not good at crashing. I you really know, need to get better at that. <laughs> well, I, I live by care. Just, if you need any lessons, just come talk to me. I will show you how to crash it. I can do it. Very I, uh, I, one of the reasons I went with the foam board, though, was so that I could get some colors and not have to worry so much about the paint on right. it. But I, right. yeah, it, it just, it's one of those things. It, it, it was like I, like you, I have not built an airplane in a long time it's been you know just life has been busy um but uh so you know and it was one of those things i thought you know i'm going to do something a little different i haven't done this with uh, the foam board before because i've been building with blue core and so yeah it's so far so good i i become a I don't know if I can, can I say this on the podcast, uh, a radio whore? Um, <laughs> I, well, it's spelled actually, H-O-R-E video, right? so, for the audience that can't say yeah, yeah. H-O-R-E. I got, I got the Radio Master TX-16 now too, oh, okay. along with my Aurora 9 and my go. Tyrannus and my 9303 and my yada, yada, yada. Uh, I've got one is not enough. Yeah. We'll talk to Tim. <laughs> I've got to buy well, every brand known to man. On Tuesdays at the I, uh, church, there's a there's a meeting for you guys. So just go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I also I have a a DX six that I bought specifically for um, bind and fly yeah. stuff. Oh, good. So you know because I was having trouble with my Tyrannus and the the DM nine module. Um, module. So I I bought the Tyrannus. I long story short, I got a, a gift card for four hundred bucks for taking a different flight with Delta, and so they I, they paid for my DX six. Uh, nice. But the Radio Master was a solution to that, so that I can get rid of these other radios because it's multi protocol. Yeah, nice. And so I'm hoping that I can get down to this radio and maybe keep the Tyrannus just as a yeah. as a buddy box kind of thing. I now I do like the Open TX. You know, yeah, software. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, the Dollar Tree foam uh, paper is pretty heavy. Uh, yeah. You know, you may have to uh, just. So, Mike, I'm really interested in hearing that. from somebody out there in the sort of land about, uh, or or YouTube watcher land, about you know what they're building. Like, I, I'd really, I'm really. It's been a long time since I've had a good story about doing a foam build, and uh, you know kind of seeing what they run into or how they solve certain problems. I like that stuff. So I hope somebody would be willing to sort of share that yeah. and bring it, bring it, bring that along with us. Well, you can either email us at partflyerpodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 830-444-4943 and, uh, and let us know your story. Reach out to us and let us know what you're building. 
It, oh, and by the way, before you start building anything, make sure that the CA glue, you know, your foam safe CA, et cetera, hasn't yes. completely solidified <laughs> in the bottle. Yeah, raise your hand. That's not <laughs> I had to go out and buy. Yeah, I had Fair to enough. go buy new new glue. Well, so. my my issue was it was I had two new bottles of CA, and I had one of those big, huge bottles of Kicker. But I had yeah. not real. I did not realize that I had used all of the big bottles. So when I I squirted the first two, and then I went to go pour it, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, it's empty!" And and now it's like yeah. I'm scrambling around trying to find the kicker for it. But you don't necessarily need it. But if you you know are right. building, you use water. You could use I, water if you want. I did do an experiment with the with the Dollar Tree that did not turn out well, and that was using foam tack over the paper. Oh yeah, that's oh. Uh, you, it. Will actually pull the paper right off. It's like it, it just peels right off. So mm-hmm. then I then uh, so then I I when I built the spar for the airplane, I actually peeled the paper off of the okay. spar and uh, did foam to foam for the. For me, for the, the time the to peel all that stuff and whatever wasn't worth it anymore. So yeah. I was buying blue core, but then since blue core isn't as easily got, uh, I think right. the, who's that? The foam king or some kind of I can't remember the guy's that name. Yeah, 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 um, and he's got he's got foam now. I, what we weren't getting it for a while, but now and then MPF still sells it too, so it's still mm-hmm. out there to get and reasonably right. priced. So, so one of my club members mentioned that Depron's coming back. Oh, good, that is correct. Yeah. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Yes. Yep. Okay, that's the yeah. That was a conversation. Yeah, South. we actually had a podcast on it not too long back. But uh, yeah. the Depron King guy, he uh, he got the contract to import Depron. And, That's right. Uh, okay. Yeah, and the Depron is actually different. They they redid some of the formula. So this Depron, you know, the old Depron, if you just put a little pressure on it, it, would just snap in half. This one actually, you can put pressure on it and actually bend it. So it does. He bent it pretty far too, if I remember right. He, yeah, yeah, he, he showed he us. Was, we were pretty impressed with how far, because you know it was just normally if you just put any pressure on the Depron, it just snaps. But this one. He, um, you know, he built those three dimensional people that fly around for the movie or whatever. <laughs> And uh, that's what he he was able to do it, but um, yeah, just a little bit of uh, heat. He was able to bend it you know, almost all the way around into a wing, so it's pretty impressive. Yep. That's anyway, just get a hold of Jay because he's got some sitting uh, behind him when he uh, <laughs> he got a whole box of it. But um, nice. <clears throat> so, uh, and you I might need to build a, a yin yang. That's Mike. true. We should get him to do that. Uh, as far as getting the paper off, I literally filled when, like I said, I fell in my pool. Um, yeah. once it did and I picked it up and it just slid right off. So from then on, if I bought Dollar Tree foam, I would just fill the bathtub, throw it in the bathtub, let it set for a couple seconds and just whoosh, it, yeah. the glue, it comes off and just slides in a one big sheet oh. it slides right off. Okay. Yeah. But the only yeah. difference is, is that the foam board, because it has paper on both sides, uh, it is a little thinner. Yeah. The foam is actually a little thinner. So that's why I always add the paper on the top, that real thin paper and, then you can kind of sand it, but I, I think, I think what the I think that's what the other guys are doing. They they their foam core is actually a thicker foam, and then they put that that contact not whatever I don't know what the paper is, but it's a painter's paper on it because that's why you get it's brown. You know when you get theirs, they're yeah. Brown. Well, theirs is also uh, water resistant, correct? So, um, but yeah, I think I think I'll probably go back to blue core. I've got enough. I would say I've got a lifetime supply. Yeah. I so, do <laughs> uh, so I don't think I'll be this again. You know, it was just one of those things. It's like, Hey, I want to try this out. Maybe right. I won't have to paint it. Silly sure. me. Well, you know, <laughs> give you something to do. So live and learn. 
Well, uh, Doug, you've uh, you've been busy, or what? What have you been doing? Your club is uh, cranking out there with the COVID uh, finally kind of winding down. Uh, it is. We're we're pretty much back to normal operations now. Um, we've as as typical every year, even even last spring, as things were shutting down. You know, we were getting several new pilot inquiries a month, and that's kicked that right back up this season. Um, in fact, it was so plentiful. Uh, just dealing with like. You know, we had a list of seven or eight people that had contacted us and said, hey, I'm interested in learning more about the hobby. Can we come out and see you guys fly? You know, what planes do you recommend? Blah, blah, blah. So myself and a few of the other officers and pilot tra- trainers, we uh, we decided to have a try and fly event. Um, and uh, basically what that is, we blocked out two hours and just brought out the club trainers and then did a little ground school and then gave them buddy box flights to just orient orient folks. Wow. Now that, so that was two weeks, actually a weekend ago, we did that. So that bunch of people has already gone to the hobby shop. They've already bought stuff. And they're back in the inbox wanting flight training. Meanwhile, <laughs> the other folks that couldn't uh, go to that session, we've got one coming up on June 5th. We're going to do it again. Um, we've got just that many people that are interested. And uh, so is I mean, that like once a month? Is that basically it, Doug? Uh, we're going to try to do it maybe not once a month. Uh, we'll have to see, but we definitely want to repeat. So right. we tried to organize it over a two hour period and maybe we'll, you know, just have a framework we can revisit and uh, just do it. Um, we actually counted. Now we've, we, you know, we, we bought, got some funds from AMA um, for um, takeoff and grow grant right. a few years ago. Right. And we invested that in a, in a club trainer, you know, DX six, um, flight simulator, a monitor, whole setup, right? Because we, we do a lot of events with the Parks and Rec Department here in Holly Springs. Right. And uh, before COVID, we had a couple of really good events where all we did was buddy box flights. And we had one event, we, we buddy boxed over 100 kids, some adults. Wow. So the, the age range of the kids was quite quite wide. Um, but since from, that time, from, we've... From uh, 10 to 90, right? Yeah. <laughs> Since that time, we've uh, we've inherited two more apprentices. Some some folks were getting out of the hobby and said, "Hey, we'll donate this to the club with radio and batteries." So, oh, wow. we are just our, our cup runneth over for club trainer planes. We really like the apprentice uh, in terms of the training platform, and uh, that just gives the it just gives the you know person that has no experience in this hobby just a great flight experience. You know yeah. that whole safe mode. I describe it as basically putting a, you know, training wheels on your aircraft. And you pretty much, we had people doing a takeoff and unassisted landing in a 10 minute flight. No wow. kidding. You know, That's and, cool. Uh, it's good to, it's good to have that because I remember when I first started, uh, I think I crashed, you know, a ton of planes and I'm talking about control line. Yeah. Too, right. There's nobody there to right. teach control line that, I mean, I've been around yeah. a while, but, uh, yeah, sure. But and then same thing with uh, flying. You know, I I think I flew with gliders, so I was practicing basically landing. I'd toss the plane and try not to nose it in. And of course, I did. Still nosed it in, but uh, yeah, because the glider uh, takes some hmm. effort to figure that out. So, yeah, so you know, it's it, it's just a testament to where we are today in the hobby with regard to the technology that's there, and and also you know the the push that Horizon Hobby's done with making it easy for folks to get something and. And have an enjoyable, uh, you know, flight experience. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're, we've, we're blessed here in the Raleigh area with the 
several great hobby shops, you know, fully stocked with Horizon product. And um, we have little club business cards that they, they, you know, put in every box when they sell something. And so we get a lot of inquiries, but I, I think you have to do that. Or we, we felt with our club, we need, that's our role. We need to do that um, because we're, we're supporting park flying and mm-hmm. um, the store, you know, yeah. we want to expose people to the hobby, you know, yeah. And I think we've talked about it. We've talked about it here, uh, I think, before. But you know, people come in with a—they don't have all the same skill sets, right? Because we—we grew up in a hobby where if we flew it, we built it. Right. right? right, So it came—it came in a box, and if you were going to fly it, you got to build that thing. So that's like a several-month process at at the minimum. And they don't have that. They—they do some assembly. We do a check. So, you know, it's—it's interesting what you have to figure out they don't know and you have to assume no one knows anything, right? right. I don't even how to glue two pieces of foam together. Right. So it's a lot of learning. And, uh, anyway, that's cool. That, that's amazing so, to me, um, that you have this, you know, list of people that are reaching out to you and, and saying, Hey, I want to learn to do this. And, uh, I think that that's, a you know, it speaks volumes to the hobby shops because, you know, one of the things that Jay and I have always talked about is that when you go into a hobby shop, they're, they're there to sell new product. Right. And right. they don't really ask you what your level, you know, what some guys do, you know, well, where are you level wise? But most consumers will go in and go, wow, I want that turbine guy. You know, I want that EDF yep. right there. And you're like, mm, you're probably not ready for the EDF, but how about we do this? Oh, I don't want that stupid plane. That looks stupid, you know? So, so it's a, a, you know, a testament to your, your groups out there that they were actually saying, Hey, you know, this is a club that can help you get started. And I, I wish more, you know, more people would do that, um, you know, in the hobby world. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's just yeah. things that uh, it's unfortunately for us, even in a, in a place like Phoenix, we have um, seen a, such a decline in hobby shops. I mean, I think we're down to maybe two, possibly three hobby shops total in the whole Phoenix. Mike, what's area. that one that we went to the last time you went over there? I think I got a lot of my props for the, for, for the fun jet there. Uh, it's a smaller. Um, I mean, it's a physically smaller, but it has a lot of stuff in it. Shop. Uh, was it Hobby Bench? Yeah. Uh, I, no, 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 not no, the no, other, no. The other one. Oh, Duncan RC. Yeah, that that guy's got a good mm-hmm. shop. I like that. I mean, that would one, be one I I would go to first. Yes. Now the weird part about it is that uh, Duncan's doesn't do online sales. Yeah, they don't. Which is weird. Um, they they don't want to ship it. Now you can go in their place and you can find. Everything under yep. the sun. Everything. That's really what I liked about it. It was like whatever I, I mean, needed. If you needed something. Yeah, I needed a pen, you know, a special pen for uh, something or another, and he had it. And, you know, he had a whole little tray full of them. So, but the good mm-hmm. news is Duncan owns everything in the store. There's a lot of hobby stores they buy on consignment, you know, like the hobby, hobby zone actually owns it or, or not, or, you know, Horizon Hobby owns portions of it and they'll buy yeah. it at a discount and sell it. But, uh, but he actually owns everything. So they're, you know, they're a good hobby shop, but he stays, um, out of the online stuff. Cause I've asked him several times, you know, you could really increase your sales. And he's like, dude, I'm not sending stuff out and getting it lost and having to pay, you know, shipping right. and it's just not <laughs> yeah. worth it. You know, not worth it. Yeah. So. My local hobby shop really has gotten more into the cars. Yeah. I think that's where the money is right now. It is the ground stuff. They've got a track that they can mm-hmm. run close. And then, you know, so they've got a fair amount of aviation stuff 
a lot of airplanes hanging from the ceiling in that. And that, you know, that makes yeah. sense to me too. Like, like it's, to have a, a a track near your store, right? Because that way, people they break it, yeah. like, they yeah. just come right over there and they get it fixed and whatever. I like that idea, sort of an aerodrome or some kind of an right. idea where you have the flying site right next to where the where the stuff is to get get your stuff fixed. Maybe you're not going to fix it on site, but yeah. maybe you will, yeah. and then you get back up flying again, and everybody's happy, you know. So, unfortunately, I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of this place, but it must have something to do with the Carolinas because when I was in Charlotte, uh, I drove down to South Carolina, just, um, you know, a little bit south of Charlotte there, and they actually had a hobby shop that had both. They had a an area, for, like a runway. It was a big parking lot and, a, and like, a baseball diamond place that you could go fly, hmm. and they actually oh, had a track. So their store was divided yeah, cool. into a car section and an airplane section. And you could literally bring your stuff in and the guys would walk out with you, you know, run your car or run your airplane or your helicopter. And it, it was an amazing place. Now, of course, you know, the owner had 10 acres or whatever. And I think he, you know, lived yeah. on the acreage next door. But it was a it was really like Mike was saying, it was it was a lot better to be able to go to the I, store and yeah. actually have that. And we actually had a place here. Um, matter of fact, it was a national chain, I think hobby, um, national hobbies or something or hobby, hobby city, hobby town. World, hobby town yeah. Hobby town had uh, a location here where they, um, they were co-located with like a go indoor go-kart track. Indoor and then they had their yeah, own um, track. RC track for cars. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I used to go that place all the time and buy airplane stuff, but they, like Tim said, they just started getting more and more and more into cars and their yeah. aircraft, you know, just dwindled down to nothing. When you went in yeah. there, it was like, you know, what do you have? Oh, well, we can order it. And I'm like, dude, I can order yeah. it online. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's... that's the one thing that I really irritates me when I go to a, you know, retail shop and I'm there to spend money and then they go, Oh, well, we can order it for you and then you can come back. And I go, right. dude, I just drove an hour over to your place to buy it and to have it in my hands. I, if I ordered it, it would come straight to my yeah. house. I wouldn't need to come all the way back to you, right? Because I can order off of Horizon Hobbies just as easy as you can for the same price. Right. So I'm I'm fortunate in that my hobby shop is about three miles from my house. It's also unfortunate because it's three miles, three miles from, from my house. house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, well, that's yeah. why you're still working, I imagine. That's exactly uh, right. Yeah. That's he's he's pretty good about keeping a reasonable amount of aviation stuff around. But the the frustrating thing to me is if you want an FPV transmitter or something like that, there's one. Yeah. You know, you don't have any yeah. selection, and it's not one of the one of the ones. It's going to be something probably from Horizon. Right. And you know, to their defense, though, I, I feel like uh, you know you go to other stores that we have in town now. I mean, when I moved from Alaska to here, I thought, yeehaw, and I'm going to be able to go to a store and there's going to be choice. And you know what? It, those stores here look yeah, the same as they did in Alaska. They got, they got big space, but, you know, you go to the rack and there's like yeah. half of it's missing. And either it's it, on shipment, whatever that, you know, in on order, whatever that means, or, or you know, they just not buying it. Well, and unfortunately, I think COVID so hit, I think you know, hit a lot of people. I, th- I think the oh, decline yeah. in the hobby because of, of some course. of the online hobby stores and the consolidation uh, that was going on, you know, kind of hit us pretty hard. But to Doug's point, well, uh, to Doug's point, I think it's it's a lot better today because people can, you know, go buy something, go to the club, 
you know, or, or find a place to go fly and, and just go out and fly where, right. where before, I mean, you know, I tell the story a lot, but uh, when I was in college, I mean, there was a guy that had a, you know, 11 years it took him to build this clip wing Taylor craft. And, you know, and it's, it was immaculate and he crashed it in 30 seconds, but you know, <laughs> splintered the thing all, splattered it all over the runway. But that was one of those things, right? You took pride in building it and then you took pride in flying it. And then today, you know, I've been with guys at our club where they just, they buy something, they throw it in the air. They want no instruction. Oh, I got it. I got it. And, you know, boom, you know, and they're back to the hobby store to buy another one 20 minutes later. Yeah. And sometimes I think there's a lot more, um, ad, advantageous, you know, thought processes and in going into the building phase. Cause like Doug said, you have to learn a little bit more of it, but in yeah. the world, it's so, all right, I'll just get this foam airplane, you know, glue it back together and, yeah, from there. Well, foam is so much easier to put together than True. put back together after yeah. a crash than uh, than balsa awesome. is. But yeah, um, I was talking to somebody at Ceph. Uh, he, you know, he'd been on staff with the with the um, Fayette Flyers there. Um, but they, he said, they've had sixty three or sixty four uh, vendors over the years through there, and only about twelve of them are still in business. Wow. So that tells you what kind of consolidation has been happening. Sure. And, you know, the guys, uh, you know, BL Prosser came down from, you know, Helen's Hobbies and, you know, they brought the store sort of with them. And if you ever get to Helen's Hobbies in Georgia there, that's a really cool place because he's got a flying field right across the street. Oh, wow. That's nice. So, yeah. uh, and they do some do little mini events, you know, like Labor Day, Memorial Day. You know, it's like they've got, a place where you can, if you want to take your RV or whatever, you can, you can stay the night or the weekend and excellent. It's a lot of fun. Put that on my list. Sounds great. Yeah. So, so Doug, you told me something uh, the other day. I, I think you've been building on a plane uh, or working on, I, I don't think it's a foam plane that you cut out yourself, but it's another plane. Uh, Consendo maybe. Yeah. Well, some, yeah, they some, some podcast is becoming the enabler to like suggest to people. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Tim, so Tim will know well how to blame that on him specifically. You know, the crash cast guys were causing, you know, waves of money spending from a fan base. And, what? <laughs> I'm hurt. Oh, wait, no. No, no. no, no I no. mean, I, it, no. It was coming out of my wallet and paying to my garage. Yeah, we're not, we're not hurt <laughs> anyway at all, shape or form. Uh, our, money, our money's still in our yeah. wallet. It's I mean, way cheaper when you spend your money that week. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's well, easier. So, to no, uh, yeah, so one of the hobby shops here locally, they do a lot of consignment stuff. So you can like drag your stuff you're tired of looking at or not yeah, flying sure. much and you hang, they hang it up there. And I took a couple planes there and because, you know, I'm not going to sell them on eBay or RC groups and ship them. Right. So. So I called him up and said, Hey, you know, did my plane sell? Yeah, you got uh, 150 bucks here, you know, when you want to come in. Uh, anyway. Excellent. So um, it turned out a club member had a Concendo hanging from the ceiling there. So I just went up there and bought it off the ceiling, you know, figure, you know, help him out, help, help the <laughs> shop out. Right. And you guys had talked it up and I was looking for some different kind of plane. I don't have a glider. I've had some gliders before. You guys talked about this thing and I was kind of curious, you know, about it. And after I listened to your podcast, I said, well, that's, that's going to be the plane I'm going to get next. <laughs> so I did. And now, well, it's fine. It's a fantastic flyer. I went out and, and I've only flown it three times. This morning was the third flight. Um, 
if I could jump to some details about it, you know, it does have the telemetry enabled ESC. Right. And I think you guys uh, were binding it to an older generation DX8 or seven or uh, something. Maybe didn't couldn't tell all the all the um, telemetry. So, given that most of my aircraft don't have that kind of telemetry, I was curious to see. And so I take it out for its first flight. And when I land after about a 14 minute flight, I look at my transmitter, and it's got uh, almost 8,000 frame losses and two holds holy smoke like i'm like well that doesn't sound good (laughs) and you know i flew for 13 almost 14 minutes and didn't feel like i had any issue you know Uh, right and uh, it could have flown longer i brought it down so i take it back to the the shop aka garage and uh you know took some hatches off and looked and lo and behold one of the receivers uh one of the antennas was covered up in servo wires like just completely buried in it. Like, you know, like it's like they put the servo wires in and then jammed the antenna in the middle of it. I'm like, well, that's probably not a good thing. So right. clean, clean that up, tapped it in, took it out for flight two, flight two, no, no holds, but still 5,000 after nine minute flight, 5,000 holds. So, you know, no one at horizon would say that's normal. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then today, I well, then the, the other mod I did in the shop is I said, okay, well, let me just try to reorient the antennas a little better because one of them, the longitudinal one, goes like right next to all the servos. So I did that arrangement, and I've got pictures if you care to see them. But yeah, sure. Um, it had about the same number of holds this morning. Or not holds, I'm sorry, fades. And, and no holds. But again, it, it flew great. I didn't notice any loss. It's just I, I'm thinking kind of that data coming from a glider it's just data that's kind of meaningless because again, me as a pilot, I didn't feel anything uh, weird with it. But it flies great. It's a fantastic. It's a cool aircraft. Well, there's a couple of questions yeah. I have when you talk about that, just from a standpoint of perspective, uh, because uh, depending on the number of frames that are processed in a second, um, over nine minutes, um, that might actually be pretty low uh, in terms yeah. of frame losses. Well, I know. So I posted in. Um, I don't see too many folks from Horizon hanging out in the Consendo thread on RC groups, but I did post there first. And I think folks other than me were just having fun with the aircraft, not paying attention to the telemetry screens because you're flying. Just have fun flying it, man. Just turn that data off. Right. Right. (laughs) But but, you know, I think that's, (laughs) I think that's good stuff, right? Because I think that's relevant to all of our, you know, like you say, antenna placement, dealing with servos, motor noise, electronic noise, EFI, whatever, all that stuff. So what'd you find? Well, actually just roll back to the conversation we just had, you know, you buy this stock out of the box, right? right. And if I, I only know those things because growing up in the hobby with 72 megahertz AM radios, you know, that was all the thing, right? Right. <laughs> uh, you were going to get a radio hit. It just didn't take you down or not. Right. So, <laughs> so anyway, so that, but when I open it up, I mean, it's got, it's basically from the factory in an undesirable state toward I guess Joe Pilot, you know, even though I had two holds reported, uh, I didn't know that I had a hold. So just it seemed like it flew fine. I didn't feel like I, whoa, I've got no control. Um, so, you know, maybe to just Joe Public, it's it's going to be fine. They're not going to even notice a difference. But I, I don't find that ideal, right, when it comes from a factory like that. Um, but uh, but but at any rate, um, I, you know, I 
I, I had that knowledge of antennas and the interference and stuff, and so that was what I did for the. So, for so the did you find? Did you get any feedback um, on? You no, know, like I said, how how many frames per second or whatever it processes and. Yeah, well, that that was the other thing I was going to mention. So I, I did post there. Some of the folks from Horizon Tech Support and, and actually Engineering are on the DX thread, you know. The, right. the, um, and so I posted there and, and got a some you know some response and actually a calculator that basically it's just a formula that says, hey, here here's the number of uh, frame losses. Here's how long the flight duration. And it's a uh, just a you know good green yellow. Check it out. To red got to got to make changes right and. I played with that, and there's basically no amount of frame losses above 800 for a 15-minute flight that are going to be green. <laughs> right. And when you, when I land, and I have over like 6,000. Um, but I don't know what else to do. I mean, well, maybe just stop. Well, here's another here's another possibility, I mean, and I think that you have to kind of consider this. Uh, where you are, there might be cell towers at that at that 2.4, and, and so. Absolutely. Those frame yeah. losses are going to come up a little bit. You know, the good news is that you had an order of magnitude more than what's green, and yet, the, you know, you didn't really notice it on that particular plane. Now, you're probably going to notice it on a on a different plane, but right. uh, at the same time, you'll probably solve that differently as well. Like, for example, you can extend the antennas, uh, make them like usually they're small, stubby antennas, and so you can lengthen those antennas and then expose mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. the top end of it. Uh, on the outside of the plane, that that also changed the characteristic, right? Because now you can do your um, opposing poles at uh, it, it, totally different places. One on that, one out the wing, and one down the fuselage, right? And so if you, if you, right. Well, absolutely right, and that's what I did before I flew it this morning. I, I did exactly that. I took the you know the little the little coax tip of the of the because these have really long leads. Although the, although the way it's factory installed i think there's some adhesive that's got them in there so i didn't want to tug on them but i but i did that to kind of expose it and back to the environment i am going to i'm going to take this out to another club i belong to that's more out in the country to test it there because i do know in the park we do have it's a pretty crowded 2.4 spectrum now i haven't there's been no analysis of scanning but i can tell you uh because we had this happen at our try and fly event one of our trainer planes I was messing around with it and bound it to our club transmitter, but but forgot to. And it's one of the first generation apprentices, oh. and I forgot to take the bind plug out. So when I went oh. to the field, had it all ready to go, my excitement. It's like, why isn't it controlling? Oh no! Right. And I knew before I tried that I was going to have difficulty binding it out there because we've had issues. This particular receiver, you, you just can't. It's it's nearly impossible to bind it at the field, and so we couldn't. And but when I brought it back home you know, got it in my driveway, I could bind it right up, it's done. But but that just speaks to there's Wi-Fi out there. There is a cell tower nearby. I don't know what frequencies that's on, but, you know, we've had some interference um, events out there. But other than that, most of the time there's no issue, but I'm pretty sure that's probably also contributing. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if you put that that receiver in a different airplane and see if you get the same number of dropped frames. Um, ah, just you know, completely different noise environment for yeah. from the airplane yep. perspective. And if you got the same mount, then it's probably more environmental than than the airplane. Right. Yep. Yep. You know the other the other thing you got to think about too is that you guys are you know we think about uh, this frame rate, but when you bind your uh, you know your spectrum to your receiver, your spectrum radio to your receiver, you're in the twenty two to twenty eight milliseconds. Instead of frame 11. rates. 
So, I mean, you know, yeah. when you think about how fast a millisecond is, you know, I mean, if right. you had 8,000 of them and you're like, well, nothing seemed wrong. Well, yeah, but if you mathematically figured that out, it's, you know, milliseconds. And, and Oh, yeah. Even in that calculator, when I would yeah. put it in, you know, and it would say this is unacceptable, it was like 3% right. Right. missed frames, <laughs> you know, okay. Um, and then I, I was generally tracking it, but there was some back and forth on the DX thread about the fact that the transmitter, like my DX9 is always transmitting at 11 milliseconds. Right. This issue of the frame rate, uh, it's on the receiver end. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, when this thing bound, you know, it says binding DSMX 22 milliseconds, bind complete. You know, it, it, it didn't tell me it was bound at some different frame rate. Cause that's what somebody in the thread, you know, you have to like get three yeah. opinions and then average them and then, oh, right. that's probably right. You know, sure. Um, it was a misdirection. I was about to like take the <laughs> lid off the receiver and look at microscopic circuitry. I don't know. Anyway, I was just curious, but you know, I'm yeah. going to turn these screens off and not look. Cause you know, the other thing too, is it's like, I don't, I don't, I'm still learning how to like have it report out. And I found out how to make it report battery voltage to me. So I'm all excited about that. And I thought about having it report me the frame rate, but that'll probably just cause me to get a, <laughs> go into AFib or something because my blood pressure and everything. No, will no what I'll do is you'll end up having to buy a five thousand dollar scanner 000. that you're going to yeah. scan this. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't fly unless this five thousand dollar scanner go. says eight. And Tim will say, <laughs> exactly. But Tim will say, "Look, push all that aside. Here's your Tyrannus." Yeah, I was just doing I was just doing the math at 22 milliseconds on a nine minute flight. You're looking at about 25,000 yeah, frames. So if you, you dropped 5,000, right. that's 20% of yeah. the frames yeah. dropped. That's pretty significant. Yeah, that's a quarter. Um, so. so, yeah, I, I guess I, I would be interested to see whether it's environmental or whether but, you know, or, or, or whether it's the airplane. But at the same time. Even though you're dropping twenty percent right. of your frames, but it is a glider, it's still so flying that, like you didn't even notice. Case. Right. So, so, so I do have a question for you too. Uh, the thing that yeah. you don't know is like, like depending on where your battery is, it could be in a direct line of sight to your to your uh, receiver, right? So if the battery is just a big block of metal blocking all the all the signal directly to you well, as you're flying that thing, you know, it's not in front of you; it's always above you, uh, you know, in some level. Then, then really that, you know, you're going to probably find that the majority of the, if you could map them out when they happened, you'll, you'll find that the majority of those show up on, you know, when you're le left or to the right of you than right. they are when they're in front of you as a, just as an example. I mean, those are just thoughts to play with. Yeah. Well, I think when I have a, a flying buddy, cause I was pretty much out there by myself this morning. I think what I'll have, because, you know, when you, it's always dangerous, right? You take a glance <laughs> at your screen, and then you're like, wow, what's that going? And then, like, where's, my, where's right. my plane, right? My plane is gone. Um, but but to your point, you know, I was trying to think, and it doesn't track, and I was saving a telemetry file, but it doesn't know the position, right? So if I have an observer, wow. I, can, I can probably say, okay, in that corner, losses are going up, 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 like an interference. Right. Thing, that's more towards our cell tower. Sure. And then the other quadrant, um, maybe it's still more static, right? Mm -hmm. And I could get maybe a more qualitative, but the, the next, the next flight four is going to be out, out in the, out in the, the sticks. Actually, you know, you turn left at the sticks and go. I, I know when I fly, and I know when I fly at the, at the, at the uh, soccer field right by my house. So it's a really nice, me, field, big nice. open field, but there are two or three cell towers because that's the highway too. So the highway is like right nearby. 
And so uh, I, I almost always get hits on uh, – and, and, yeah. and then, of course, if the, the receiver you have is, isn't the best receiver in the world, right? Some planes take more hits than the other. It's like I need to throw that receiver out it's like, or fix the antenna. Or something's wrong with it, right? This, this isn't working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose that plane. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Now, you, yeah. Just, you just have one receiver in there, right? Or do you, does it have satellites? It doesn't it's have dipole. satellites. It's got yeah. two antennas. It's one of their newer receivers. Um, right. It's a 637A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they sell a 637. It's like for 100 bucks. You know, it's a, it's a standalone receiver, which has Vario and a barometer. Right. Which this doesn't have. So it's, uh, but apparently you can, to Tim's suggestion on using another plane, apparently you can uh, hack it. Not, and it's an official hack. It's, you can upload like, new firmware from Horizon right. and basically make it functional to basically you can tune it in another aircraft because it's got the AS3X. Yeah. It's got ports for satellites. Mm-hmm. I don't know if all that's enabled. Um, at any rate, again, just back to these, you know, stock setup. I mean, I'm just curious when things like I had that PT7, right. is it the Stearman, the, um, the yellow, yeah. the Horizon yeah. hobby came out a couple years ago. I bought that and it had telemetry in it. So I set that up to, give me reports on my signal quality, but I didn't realize that that, that this crescendo has full range telemetry. Right. So it's always got a connection that Stearman did not. I didn't know this till after the fact, I just kept getting really annoyed. The fact that loss of telemetry, loss of telemetry, because basically it was almost like near field telemetry. Like when you do like a, a pass, <laughs> you're within oh, yeah. range, but if you're beyond like a couple hundred feet, it was going to lose that signal because it's a power, I guess, a power level. Right. Um, they'll tell you that in the instruction manual, not oh, even in the fine cool. print, I might add. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, it's it, yeah. it would be, I, it would be interesting to see if you right actually way. put satellites in there if you got as many because oh. I, I'll tell you that flying the. Well, it does have the ports for it. It's right? got the ports. I could, I've got a satellite. I could add one. That's a yeah, good point. But you could add a satellite and see if, uh, you know, just put it at a 90 degree from wherever your antennas are. But yeah. on some of my larger airplanes, um, you know, I have up to three, sometimes four satellites. And, you know, when we look at our frame losses, they are significantly reduced. We can hmm. have, you know, a signal in every quadrant, every, you know, every part. Sure, sure. I- I, yeah, that's a good point. I may just try that as an experiment. So I can't stop bugging with it, right? So I yeah, just sure. enjoy flying it. Now I've got, I'm stuck yeah. in this data thing, right? It's just daggum <laughs> engineering training that's like paralysis of analysis. Can't, you it. can't shake it. I, I've been working on dulling the pencil for 30 years and it's not working. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, here, here's another one for you, Doug. Get, get the GPS module and plug that into the telemetry. A good idea. And then you'll have exact location for all those frame drops and you maybe you'll just be able to map the the whole field for, I for actually, everybody i actually have a, a gps module that i took out of a uh um sportsman yeah uh, the, the sportsman model that gps though is a brick it's it's probably bigger than the nose of the crescendo <laughs> so, uh, it'll, it'll fly, fly. It'll, it'll, it'll fly don't worry about it push the ba- battery back you know that's the thing i know when we're not going to go on radio brands and and spectrum's great i love it it's great but you know this whole idea of these whole satellites and all these multiple antennas you know it just felt wrong you know and so we laugh at like you know you take this plane off it looks like a porcupine why because you've got like eight satellites on it right but it's like getting like because you want that 
like multi-diversity, like, I don't know what you call that, like, at any rate, um, <laughs> anyway, but I'm pretty sure, you know, the other favorite plane I'm flying right now is the Ultrix, and I think you guys talked about the Ultrix in a couple of podcasts, right? That little twin engine thing, that is the most fun foam plane to, to fly, and I, I don't get a, I don't even get above 100 fades on that thing, and I fly it as high and as far as I'm flying this crescendo. Yeah, but that, that uh, you know, there's, probably, there's probably not as much interference internally. Uh, probably not. In because probably you've not. got, you know, instead of having a single, instead of having a single module, the, the motor is all single, right? So it's all, it's all being, yeah, I know. you know, yeah. fed down. Now you have two that are on the outsides. And, well, when I wonder too, yeah. you know, it, it could just be the receiver. It's possible that receiver is not yeah, doing, doing be. great. Uh, you know, you might put that just in your house and see how many losses you get over a 15 minute thing you know just sitting next to it outside the plane or whatever that's true uh, and just kind of get a baseline that way and then and they can have something to work with you know doug it's funny you're sort of uh beating yourself about doing all this data analysis but i'll I'll tell you uh that's interesting stuff right because it really helps you understand Mm -hmm. what's going on and some people could care less you're like yeah yeah doug whatever go talk to somebody else I'm, i'm busy flying right and but but you know, but you and I, I, th- I think yeah. we'd have a great conversation. It's like, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's put foil around something. Let's do, you know, let's, oh, yeah. you know, and we we could find ways to oh, yeah. to, to isolate and analyze that stuff. And and to me, that's part of this hobby. That's what makes it fun for me. Um, right. And also watching Mike fly, like, because I can't fly like that. Uh, and occasionally he'll 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 reach over and go here. Do you want the L L twenty nine? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. And you know. And I'm just shaking in my boots yeah. flying that thing because it flies, you know, three times faster than most of the planes I own. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not a 2200. That's all there is to it. And it's just flat out. It's not a 2200 battery. So, um, yeah. It's... Yep. Well, but you you actually got a couple of new batteries, though. Uh, I did. Um, I got one. <laughs> I got one from Scott. Um, uh, he, I, I recently had a birthday. And Scott sent me a battery for my paramotor, which is cool. Uh, it's a four cell. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to start looking at four cell planes now because I have these four cell batteries for my paramotor for my park starter. <laughs> and so now at least I'll have, you know, dual use. I, I believe in that kind of thing, you, you know, go. where I can move my, like I moved, I bought planes so I could remove my receiver when I only had one or two of them. I bought them. They were because they were easy mm-hmm. to, to move the receiver. Right. And I didn't have to do much changing in the, uh, in the, in the settings as well. Right. right. And so that, that's kind of the way I, I do this hobby is try to minimize that, you know, the amount of different things. Although over time you just accumulate crap and it's just the way it is, you know, it's the way, it's the way it works. People give you stuff, you know, you find crashed airplanes in the trash and you take parts and you know, that's how, that's how you get along from, from my perspective. And so. No, I hear you. Or you could be like me and just have an entire hobby shop in your, uh, in your, uh-huh. your, your garage. That wait, 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 let's stop. Let's talk, let's talk about that. It's house. not only in the garage of your old house, Mike, but, but in the other bedroom. Yeah. I mean, and, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I'm sorry. There was two bedrooms because you get the office, which is sort of a bedroom. And, and then yeah, there was, was another office, yeah. the spare bedroom. Well, well and the then garage, there was your wife's yeah. office too, which has some of that stuff in there too. It, it kind of spread out. I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty much. But yeah, I totally get it. She is. Wife is she a is. saint. We Mike. all love her. Yeah, she is. Well, <laughs> I I don't know if she's a. I mean, she is a saint. But uh, the whole point of the new house is so that I have an entire oh, hobby. You bet she's going to execute with house. reckless abandon anything that crosses that threshold. I mean, it, 
It's like, what is this doing in the kitchen? You know, with the hammer, smash! It is no longer in the kitchen. Exactly. Gone. That's but, but for some reason, there's no better building table than the, than the kitchen table. I, I totally mean, agree. Come on. Oh, I, I yeah. totally agree. Because I mean, the refrigerator's right there, and you got water yeah. that you need. And yeah, I totally I, agree. I know. Yeah, I totally it's agree. cool. There's no, you're not like yeah. sweating and dripping sweat into your radio gear and, yeah. and, and that and yeah. getting frustrated. Yeah. I, I, well, I have, yeah. Uh, sorry, in my, in my house that I bought last year, I have one room. It's a three bedroom house. I have one room that mm-hmm. is dedicated to my hobby stuff. I have to keep the door closed because if I don't, it will eke out. Like my 3D printer stuff's oh, yeah. already made it into the living room on a, on a rolling table. So I was like, right. I got to, I got to like <laughs> push it back into the hobby room. You know, it's like, yeah. what? You know, so I, what do you do? Does that rolling table have a, have a little holder for your beer? It it can. I don't drink, but it, it can. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, there you it's go. Actually, oh, I mean, we could have your water, your set, right. seltzer, right? No, whatever, it, no you know? question. Yeah. No question. And if it doesn't, I can print one of my three D printers. So that's fine. So it's no big deal. There you exactly. go. Exactly. I'm, I'm not worried about Excellent. it. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Jay uh, Jay actually sent me a video one time uh, of this guy who was building a quarter scale cub. And the one thing I noticed as uh, when he, he sent me the video and I was watching it and then he called me back, he goes, what'd you think of the video? And I said, well, the one thing that I noticed in the video is that the guy building it is single. And he, and he gets this like weird look on his face. And he's like, how do you get that from the, from the video? And I go, because this quarter scale club cub was sitting in the living room, like his front door. You can see the front door and then the, the cub yeah. completely <laughs> in the living room. I go, there's no woman on the planet that would allow that to That's happen. For sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there is no yeah. other utility for that object that nope. could make that okay. That's nope. right. Nothing. That's correct. Zero. Not That's right. at all. You can't even call it a coffee table because it just wouldn't No. Work. Yeah. You sure can't. You can't yeah. disguise nope. it. But he had the wings on it and everything, and it was oh sitting God. right in his living room. And I thought, yeah, that's a single guy because there's no way <laughs> if he was married. I think my wife's the same, but that guy, you know, she probably moved out for the week. Who knows? Well, and the other challenge uh, is, you know, not letting your garage get taken over. Like for me, a garage is for parking my cars. That's a strict rule sure. I have. And if I can't park, what? If I can't park my cars in the garage, I have too much stuff. Yeah. That's well, not and we can actually, uh, take we can actually take a tour of uh, Tim's garage because he's sitting, he's sitting in it. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> but, you, but you see behind Tim there is that's his shop light. It's also a LiftMaster garage door opener, but it's a it's, it's his a, shop it's light. A, it's his best light in the room. It illuminates yeah. the work. It's his best. Work that's exactly. In the room. So that's why mine's got like ten thousand right? gigawatt yeah. light bulbs <laughs> in it. Uh, like it's a hundred watt equivalent LED in that in the in the lift the master alone, them, right? so, it's magnificent. Them. It looks awesome. What which is cool is it serves as a heater That's too right. because it puts <laughs> out like twenty BTUs. Yeah. You know, so you, yeah. it's a three, for the three winter, purpose. It's good. So yep. actually, that was one of the things I yeah, just exactly. did with my builder. Is uh, in my new shop, I get four. Uh, actually, in the yeah, in the shop, I get four two foot by four foot LED panels. Nice, four of them, and they are wow. six thousand six thousand k each. Oh, dude, that's gonna so be like daylight. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been looking Ooh. at doing that in here actually, Holy just to give myself more ambient light. And the consumption nope, of those right. are and they're seventy five thousand yeah. hour life. LED panels. so yeah. it's like you'll never. I mean, there's no bulb to it. It's just a LED, you know, panel. Yeah. Now they're spinning. I switched my kitchen LED or switch and switch my kitchen fluorescent over to LEDs uh, not too long ago because it's a four foot fixture and wished I would have done it a long time ago. 
Yeah, it definitely makes it. Well, the the two garages that I have uh, both have eight each. So the guy yeah. told me basically don't leave your garage door open at night because you'll pretty much flood the entire neighborhood full of light. You know? Yeah. Uh, he's like, those things are gonna be bright. <laughs> well, so so I have a question for you. When I when I had first bought uh, when I was in Alaska, I bought some LED lights that you twist into your garage mm-hmm. door opener, and I didn't find out until. I did that, that it actually impact. I was like, I couldn't open the garage door sometimes. And I was, I was, un, uh, it was unclear about why. Well, well, evidently some of those put off enough EFI to block the receiver from receiving it. So I could open it when I come home because guess what? The light inside turned off right. automatically. And so now I can turn it. And then when I was turning, when I was closing the garage door, I was already parked in there. So I just right. hit the button, which is hardwired. And so that all worked. And it was like really very frustrating. Yeah. I was like, why is the garage door not open? Like, <clears> I, and then I read online somewhere that some of the some of them are just some of those LED lights are just really put together real crappy. Yeah. They don't do any they don't do any good reference right. grounding, and so you get a lot of noise out of wow. them. They don't, they yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I did the same thing, and the first time my wife came home, she hit the garage door opener, and it wouldn't wouldn't open. And uh, so she was talking to one of her friends about it, and the, her friend said, "Oh yeah, it's the lights." So now my wife would pull up to the garage and turn her headlights off and still wouldn't work because she didn't understand. <laughs> she thought it was a headlight on her car. Oh, that's, no, that's no, no, good. It's not no, the headlights really in your car. It's the headlights in your garage door opener because they're, you know, really cheap. Yeah. I bought them, you know, at Walgreens or whatever for $2. Right. But yeah, uh-huh. they, uh, if you did not know that, they can actually do a, uh, interfere with your uh, garage door yeah. opener. So. <laughs> So, so I wondered about your panels, you know, was there any kind of, uh, you know, as they did that, that they, that's a consideration. You know, I, I don't know. They are low profile. Uh, we'll have to address that. Um, but these are specific, yeah. the ones that I have looked at are specific for, you know, shops and garages. Sure. Well, plus they're probably physically far enough away where the EFI is not going to really be. Yeah, they're not actually right? in Because lights are right next to the Correct. electronics. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, the one hmm. oh, that- LiftMaster lift are sitting right on top of the electronics. So you have you know, one in the yeah. front, one in the back, which is what I had, and they would interfere with that signal. I'll be honest with you, this particular experience with my garage door opener actually drove me into studying EFI more. Oh, no kidding. Like, because uh, of that? Yeah. I started looking into it. It's like, well, I guess if the light bulbs can do it, then what else can be interfering with yeah. radio frequency? Yeah, and then I was like, oh, and then I learned a bunch about, oh, you yeah. know, how signals work because I, I, where I work, the, there, there were a ton of radio engineers there. Mm-hmm. So we'd have, you know, big conversations about the theory of how that all works and stuff. And it's like, no, this is cool stuff to me because it all fit in with the radio control hobby I yeah, have. Sure. Yeah. That's so right. I, I was quali- I was qualifying something at work. This was five years ago, you know, doing the qualification testing and it failed its initial EFI test and we had to go through and, you know, yep. Figure out. It, it turned out the motor was absolutely horrible. Uh, they had a plastic housing around it, put an aluminum housing around it. Right. Everything it, it was changes, changes. couldn't even tell it was on. You know, it's yeah. amazing too yeah. that just you know, maybe a little bit of aluminum foil wrapped around something mm-hmm. uh, could could solve a problem like that. Yeah. Right? So, you were going to ask a question though, Doug. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say it's it's funny we're even on this topic because just this week, like literally two days ago, uh, my daughter couldn't get the garage door to go down. Like it was. And it, right. it might be this issue with the lights because I'm now yeah. I'm wondering when the lights on does that does that make my opener not work and whatever so she yeah. had to manually close it. And my other daughter came home and worked fine, worked fine for me. But it's this intermittent thing. So I've had like you guys are talking about a very thing I just experienced this week, and I'm 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 betting it's these LED bulbs. They've been um, in there a while, but 
Yeah. I, I would I would present one more possibility in that the battery in her transmitter is not uh, up to snuff. Got, yeah, I got to check that. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious now. Now because if it's working for you two and not her, I'm gonna I'm gonna point towards the transmitter. Then I am gonna right. be the, the, the yeah. That's right. LED that's lights. Right. But but it's easy yeah. test, right? You just unscrew the light bulbs and see if her thing still works. And it, and it could mm-hmm. still it could still work, and it could be the lights. But if she had a better battery, it might not matter. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the signal strength is going to be bigger. So oh, those Got are it. just thoughts. Throw it out there. Yeah, it's interesting you guys talk about that because my main uh, two car garage door has a wireless transmitter by the door. They they cut the wire oh. when they built the house, so they instead they just cheated and put the wireless transmitter thing. Never had a problem with it, but this LED light that's in there. Yep. There yep. Yep. is uh, fairly new. Yeah. So uh, I went from a fluorescent to, to that one. And so it was, I, I literally had never had an issue That's with cool. it. Yeah. Now some, some, it depends on the name brand, right. Um, and the quality of the led, um, what, yeah. how they use the, if they're shielded, right. um, you would have to disassemble the light to look inside it to actually see if they right. shield it or not. But LEDs are diodes, right? And the diodes produce EF. Uh, EF yep. So it, it's, um, you know, LEDs range. That was the other thing, too. LEDs range from $2 for a light up to $32 for a light. As a matter of fact, I was looking at some uh, that are RGB tunable whites that are almost $50 a light. Wow. And, you know, they, they have the ability to tune them, you know, with the radio frequencies so that they'll they'll match. Like if you look at... If you look at your light, you can see that one light's brighter. It's got a more of a hue than the other light. The tunable will actually match that. You can turn the LED down to match the other light. So hmm. the technology behind the LED systems are very phenomenal. You know, now they're dimmable. They're all kinds of stuff. But with all of those, if they do not shield them, you know, it creates more and more and more of that. And I think it's true to say, too, that yeah. even though it's more expensive, it doesn't mean that they did a better job shielding it. Because you might yeah. be spending more money on other components yeah. doing other stuff. And so, yeah, yeah more expensive right. doesn't make it better. You really have to do some research and poke around and talk to people yep. uh, before you find the right battery. I mean, the right. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember the brand that I've got in mind. I think it was, it might be a Philips. Uh, yeah. If it's, a, if it's a name brand like people. Philips or GE yeah. or, you know, one of the big names, it's usually pretty good. They're, they, you know, they do have. You know, a little bit better quality but, control. Yeah, but, but we all know they it, all source stuff differently. So you guys think great value is not good? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, no, well, I'm not it, saying it, that. It might be coming out of the same factory. Like, don't know. It's great value. For like three dollars. I I thought they were a good deal. Yeah, yeah. Keep for nine years, and I've already thrown nine of them out. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we go, because our hour has uh, has expired, but before we go, I will tell you one more one more thing that's interesting about LEDs is that because they're diodes. If you put an LED in your house on a three-way switch, it will always stay illuminated. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Now, it, that make, it will that makes just, sense. It will just barely cuz there's enough current running from one to the other that it will just illuminate it. So you, when you shut everything down at night and you flip the light off, glow. there there is just the ever faint glow and the more your eyes kind of adapt to the dark, you're like, "Why is that light still on?" But it's because it's on a three-way switch. And the three-way switch consistently has power running through it. That's interesting. So, stuff. 
Just FYI. I'm going to have to look at that because I've got one in my living room that's yeah. on a three-way, and it takes a long time for that light to fade. Yes. But I know that's because right. you're, you've got the decay in the, in the capacitors. Correct. But the, I'm going to have to take a look at that and see if I can see whether it's going Yeah, give, shoot me a text. <laughs> Good Lord. Now yeah. I'm going to be in my kitchen tonight looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's going to say, oh, are you yeah, okay, honey? I'm, 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 I'm checking out the yeah, light. Wait, see. just back. I'm checking something out. <laughs> looking up here. Turn the lights out. You know? Yeah. Oh, Don't turn the lights funny. back on. Well, just remember when you're buying. Oh, my LEDs all on the top there. I got to check yeah. it out now. Now I got something else to look at. There you go. <laughs> well, we aim to please, right? For not that's spending right. your money, we're spending your time. So that's good news for us. So, yep. yeah. Well, gentlemen, our hour is up. We have so much appreciate you filling in for uh, Jay. It was a riot. Uh, it's always fun to have you guys on, and you are welcome anytime. Uh, you know, Doug, let us know how everything at the club's going. And, uh, you know, this is a new venture for you for this, uh, this, you know, helping people out. So we're interested to hear how that goes. Wait, um, wait, wait. One thing, one thing, Doug, what, tell us about the, the thing coming up in September. I know. That's oh a while, yeah, that's a right. Oh yeah. So yeah. So wings over Springs, you know, we had to like everything else, we canceled it last year. Sure. So it, it's back on it's, it's Saturday, September 4th, um, uh, nine to five. Uh, it's all electric and it's a charity event. So um, come on out if you're in North Carolina or want to come to North Carolina. Or the Portfolio Podcast huh? is going to be there. At least one of us. Is it just are all of you? Are all of you coming? Or just I don't know. I just know I, I am. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in charge of their schedules. I'm just in charge of mine. And so <laughs> okay. I'll try so, to yeah, so, if I can. Yeah. Uh, my work schedule has kind of gotten jacked up with the COVID part and uh, me going back, but uh, we um, uh, we'll definitely give it our, our honest try. And, we'll uh, we'll definitely be there though as, as a podcast group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll be represented. Yeah, yeah. Love to see you there, Tim. I know you're in Greensboro area, right? So I am High Point actually, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, no, that's I'm going to have to make sure and try and get over there. I've I had a blast. I've, been, I've kept I've kind of fallen away from doing a lot of flying uh, since I got out of the podcast, but um, I've gotten back to it now more and enjoying it. It, it turns out that guns are a little less um, <laughs> um, controversial than RC at the moment. So really? Uh, <laughs> oh my, my gosh. With the, with the, yeah. But yeah, the thing is, is it just turns, I, I get frustrated with the FAA stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you know the yeah, well. You guys, you guys spend we, we, we can, we can, Yeah, we can do that next yeah. podcast. We can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we can. Have we you, can have you talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we'll set up the uh, podcasters bullpen and recovering podcasters. There, there's a great idea. Rip people apart, dude. Because yeah. you guys, you, you guys sat there for that day and you developed, you know, content for like six weeks worth of shows, right? Like yeah. Every other week, it was yeah. like we did. Good, yeah, so. it was good. Yeah. It's always, always wanting more. Us, that always good for us to go places because then we uh, we can develop content for you know half a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, really appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, want to once again give a shout out to our sponsors, A Power Batteries. Go check that out and uh, 3D Aero Ventures and uh, download uh, some of his plan. 3D Aero Ventures. <laughs> there you go. Tell more about it. Oh my gosh, he was uh, he he 
he came to uh you know the electric festival we had him on and uh it just was it was funny to hear him talk about that he's like dude you guys have just made this it's like sticks in everybody's head you know (laughs) he's like oh i'm so glad that uh you know i didn't have to pay for that jingle (laughs) oh there's licensing fees he just doesn't know it yet yeah, I know. we haven't sent him a bill yet, but it's awesome. So, well, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm Michael from uh, Arizona, and I'm AK Mike in Texas. And we got two extras. You guys can send, uh, give us a shout out there. This is Tim uh, from uh, the tri- Triad High Point uh, <laughs> area in North Carolina. Excellent. <laughs> and Doug from Holly Springs, North Carolina. There you go. We appreciate it, and we'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.